0: You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson.
1: And my name is B Bass. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom.
0: We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how it succeeds as a slasher film.
1: You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Screaming Cast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me at B, not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson.
0: You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and CastBox, or online at podpeople.me or keepscreaming.com.
1: This week, we are dissecting 1981's Bloody Birthday, directed by Ed Hunt. But first, our pop culture check-in.
0: For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates um Happy i saw promising. yeah i saw promising young woman and that's the only substantial thing i've done but b has real big life updates for you so <laughs> we're just gonna usher right into that
1: um so we decided to take a little break um mainly due out of necessity because i am pregnant um which is extremely extremely exciting Uh, But it's been rough so far, Uh, a little bit tougher than uh, my first pregnancy for a myriad of reasons. But I was just really, really sick. Um, And it didn't allow me much time to really do anything. (laughs) Um, And obviously, I also have a toddler to still take care of. So uh, it's... It's been an interesting few months, but I'm starting to feel better Um, a little bit further in my pregnancy now. Um, So I'm in the second trimester, still not 100% better, but I'm getting there. Uh, So that's really exciting. We're thrilled. Um, We're due in June, which seems crazy now that it's the new year that in a couple months we're going to have a two-year-old. And then, like, two months after that, we're going to have, like, a brand new baby, which just seems insane. It's starting to go by really fast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely what I've been up to, um, cooking, <laughs> cooking a baby. And, honestly, not much else. Like, <laughs> that's been exhausting.
0: Yeah, I was around for the first uh, pregnancy. I am unfortunately not able to be there this time, which bothers me. But um, I was around for the first one, and I think I went like six months, and I saw B like four times
2: mm-hmm. because
0: because Liam knocked her on her butt so hard. Um, yeah. So I wasn't super shocked actually when the the first like th- trimester came around, and I was like, "How are you feeling?" You are like like garbage. I was like, "Yeah, that's what I would have guessed."
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am very, very lucky. I switched um, doctors this time who took uh, sort of my ailments a little bit more seriously. Uh, I suffer from a form of like extreme morning sickness. It's not something that most people experience in their pregnancies. And Um, luckily I had a doctor who listened to me when I told her that this wasn't normal and that I was sicker than I think I should have been. Uh, so she was able to get me on some medication that really helped, uh, and enabled me to get out of bed. Um, I was basically at that point where I wasn't even able to get out of bed. I wasn't able to go to work. Um, and that made it manageable. And now I'm getting to the point where I don't have to take it every day Um, only days where I can't stop throwing up. And so I have to take it so I can keep food down (laughs) naturally Um, because eating and staying hydrated is super important. Um, And yeah, I'm just incredibly thankful for a good doctor this time around. And like, I mean, I'd be nowhere without my extremely, extremely supportive and rock star husband who – for since October has been taking care of me, our house, our farm of animals, and our toddler, solo, essentially. Um, <laughs> let's just say he's really happy that I'm feeling better. <laughs> uh, we yeah, you guys
0: keep adding animals.
1: Right now, we're nuts. We're people just like,
0: absolutely crazy people. She texts me a picture of Liam holding a cat. I'm like, whose cat is that? And she's like, oh, so I was like, what?
1: <laughs> like, yeah, oh we got a cat. God. Like, uh, I've, I haven't had a cat since I was a kid. Like, a little, little kid. So, that's really exciting. Super cool cat. It's a kitten, actually, which is even crazier. Um, his name is Sully from Monsters, Inc., um, which is one of Liam's favorite movies. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I'd, like, be chill with a cat, but... I'm, I'm into it. I definitely, they're so much easier than dogs, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, they are easier. I'll give it like, so I'll much easier that. Is it like Liam's cat? Does he know it's his?
1: Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So we got him from a friend who was fostering him and his entire litter. And so she let us, um, after he was old enough, she's like a lot of the neutering and vaccination type stuff has been slow. With kittens because of COVID, and so even though he was technically ready to be in a home and old enough, he still wasn't fixed yet. So she's like, "If you guys want to just see how it goes and do like a trial run, you take him home for a week." We were a little bit nervous. We have two dogs, two bigger dogs, um, and a toddler, and we weren't quite sure like if that was going to be a good fit. I've never had a cat um, as an adult. Uh, And so I was like, I don't know anything about cats. Like, I don't know how to do this. Uh, And it went amazing. We kind of fell in love with him. Liam really fell in love. And when her friend came back to pick him up to get neutered and, like, go get fixed and he was going to be gone for a couple weeks, I mean, Liam sobbed, just absolutely broke down for, like, a good five minutes. And it's – It's a weird thing for him because he's not at, like, the developmental stage uh, where he can communicate with us or that there's usually understandings. Everything's, like, end of the world to him. Like, when I go to work, he just thinks I'm never coming back. That's what he thought. He just thought this woman was coming to steal his cat and never bring it back. To his surprise, the cat came back. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they play fetch, and uh, the cat definitely... It thinks it's, he's a dog, um, because of what he's around all the time. Mm. So they play fetch and yeah, it's great. Liam carries around him around like under his arm and he like tolerates it. I uh, feel pretty lucky. So he's got, he's got his pet, uh, which is what we wanted. That was, uh, we got a cat for a number of reasons, but the big reason was is we wanted Liam to have his own pet and good Lord, we do not want another dog. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you guys tried the three dog experiment. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's no good. Three dogs is too many dogs.
0: I, yeah, no, it seems like too much. I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Two is the perfect number. They keep each other company, and it's not too much to handle. Anything more than that's just pure insanity. Yeah, I don't care who you are.
0: Plus, it's two babies soon.
1: Yeah, so you know, just just growing a farm over here in my tiny little house
0: it makes (laughs) it feel homey
1: oh yeah so homey we're like "Hmm, how how can we fit another crib in here who knows maybe she'll sleep in the closet you'll find out
0: (laughs) you'll find out she sleeps in the in the bathtub you guys take her (laughs) out when you have to use the shower (laughs) it's (laughs) it's getting
1: to that point where like every room is just um not even multi-purpose it's like quadruple purposed but yeah, so I've been doing that uh, because I've been sick. I've just been indulging in some like re-watching and comfort stuff. Um, I picked up True Blood. Uh, I was in like a vampire mood. I also like it got winter, so I watched the Twilight movies and got me like kind of nostalgic for high school. Uh, those movies came out like the tail end of my high school years. I think I was like a senior when the movie came out. The books were out when I was in high school. So I kind of got, like, nostalgic for kind of some high school vibes and, like, some vampire stuff. So I'm like, oh, I'll do True Blood. Like, I watched that when it aired, and I watched it up to season four. And then I never – I, like, dropped off in season five and, like, could not get – I could not get into it. Well, I made it through season four again.
0: Wow. <laughs> Are there seven? Um, huh? Are there Seven
1: there's 7. Yeah. And I couldn't I couldn't do it. I got enough of my taste that I felt satisfied. And I tried. I then went to the inter, you know, I went to Twitter and cuz the news of they're rebooting it or there's a sequel or something's happening with it. Yeah. And it just happened to like coincide with my my rewatch. So people were talking about it. I was talking about it with like Trace and a couple other people. And like god, I just spent all this time watching season 4 which was a rewatch, but I've never seen the other seasons. And everybody's basically like, you can stop there. Like you, you can pretend it ends there. And I'm like, Okay. I'm just going to do that. And then I can read about what happens, but I honestly don't really care that much. But yeah,
0: that was one. I only watched the first two seasons of that one. Um, you know, a show is like pretty hard to get through when, when Jeremy can't get through it. Cause Jeremy watches everything and and even i think he made it to six but i remember when he told me he's like i can't watch this anymore he's like it's just absolutely like so bad i was like oh that's a shame because it had its moment you know in the spotlight
1: yeah and from what i hear there's some like i think people liked season six or there's some redeemable moments and story plots but the The consensus that I got, which like I can't hang with, and I didn't want to ruin. I really, I do really like the first four seasons. I enjoy it. I plan to continue rewatch it, you know, periodically. Uh, I is that it just does a big disservice to all of its characters,
2: mm.
1: and it kind of like treats it treats them all like shit when it comes down to it, and. I don't like that. Like, yeah. I I don't want a show to end where I feel like, cool, I've spent seven years with this character. They deserve so much better, and this is what you've done to them. And not so much in, like, I can't believe you didn't let them be with that person I like them to be with. But I think I'm, like, a much worse level. So take that for what you will. There's a lot of discussion on Twitter right now if you want to get into the whole True Blood Thing, But I just thought it was funny that it happened to coincide with the announcement that they were doing a new True Blood, and I happened to be watching it kind of in, like, a vampire mood.
0: Yeah, they announced so. that in um, the Pretty Little Liars reboot already. And I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure how that's even possible. I mean, Pretty Little Liars just went off the air, like, three, four years ago, and it just had a, like, sequel to the show canceled like maybe two years ago
0: oh yeah so i forgot they did that
1: they did a sequel it did not i did never ended up getting around to it and then i saw it got canceled i'm like well maybe i won't invest the time into that uh and so i don't know it's funny i mean cool i just don't think it's old enough that it necessarily warrants a reboot because i feel like even a teenager right now could go back and watch it and not feel like it's super outdated or unwatchable or unrelatable
0: right yeah I wonder but like I what they plan to bring to it I like <clears throat> it's like how I, even when they announced the Gossip Girl reboot I was like why are you rebooting Gossip Girl but when they like I can understand it like they want to appeal to that like been
1: off the air for 10 years mm-hmm and technology has changed so much like the what fuels gossip girl has changed so much and 10 years i think that's plenty of time for a teen tv show i mean for pretty little liars like it's only been off the air for i mean i don't know the exact date i guess i could look it up um but not not 10 years
0: no, no. And Gossip Girl, like, I forgot how long ago it ended, too. It wasn't until I looked it up, I was like, oh, I guess it did end, like, quite a while ago. So,
1: 2017. June of 2017.
0: Oh, yeah. So, it'll be, like, four three, years. Three,
1: three and a half years ago. About four years. That's, I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't mind reboots. It's fine. It just seems like a, a kind of a silly thing to reboot at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, But... Yeah, Maybe they have a, a, a cool way do, of doing it. Again, technology kind of play. I mean, there's no sense to that show. Um, it has some great, like, noir and horror and, like, moments to that show. And, like, as a horror fan, it's hard not to just absolutely love it. And especially for us who also love, like, teen dramas – but that show is pure nonsense. And even the showrunner admits it. <laughs> so I would be interesting to see if a, a new a new version comes out that isn't so nonsensical.
0: Or just it. goes more nonsense.
1: Yeah, I mean it could try.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it could do that, but yeah, it could try.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I guess the only other like kinda horror-related thing. I've been reading a ton, but just, like, really easy stuff. Nothing um, too too crazy. A lot of, like, YA thrillers and stuff. Um, but I've just been powering through. I've read three books already since January started. Oh, um, but uh, I've also been playing uh, the free download of the month was uh, Man Eater for the PS5. We are one of the few who managed to lock down a PS5. Uh, And we got Man Eater, and it looked bad. Like it looked like PS3 status graphics, like not something I was super excited about. We're like, whatever, like it's free, we'll download it. I love video games, but I'm super picky about them. definitely not a gamer um but if i find a game i like i'll play it a shit ton Mm -hmm. and i enjoy relaxing by playing video games i enjoy doing it with my friends um i think we play a a fair amount of video games um and this one i mean one it looks way better than it leads you to believe um at least on the playstation 5 i can't speak for how it looks on ps4 which is what i think it originally came out on Mm -hmm. um you get to play as this like great white and you start off as like a baby and you have to like unlock all these levels and do all these like mini challenges to like grow bigger as a shark and as you grow bigger you get bigger challenges and better abilities and you can start eating humans and it's just fun and mindless and what like my favorite type of games are ones that I can like my husband and I can switch off playing so I can play for a little while. He can play for a little while. And that they're still fun to watch somebody else play. Um, And this is definitely one of those. So uh, I recommend it for that reason. Uh, I don't think it's too expensive if you have a PS4. I think it's pretty cheap.
0: I think it's 20 It was definitely yeah. – It was down to like 12 bucks for Black Friday. I remember. Yeah,
1: for a cheap. sale. But I think right now it's going for like – It's like under 30 for sure. Um, And I would say it w- it's even worth that. Like we – if we would have played this, like, at a friend's house or something, I mean, not that that happens anymore. <laughs> <sighs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Socializing. But if it were, we'd probably go home and be like, yeah, that's something we'll buy for ourselves. So, I recommend it. I know you played it. Yeah, right?
0: I didn't, actually. I sold my PS4 right oh. before it came out. I know. And then I really wanted to play it because it looks so fun. Um yeah. And there was an old Jaws um, game on the PS2 that had like a similar premise. And I actually had a lot of fun with that game. Mm -hmm. I downloaded it because I still have my Sony account. So it's downloaded. So when I get a PS5, I can upload it onto it. But I haven't played it yet.
1: Well, someday. Someday the PS5 will be more readily available.
0: Yeah, I'm just like... I'm literally not even trying. I'm just like, because I, I honestly, I don't need it. Um, and I really want it for when Resident Evil 8 comes out. So that's when I'll actively try if I don't have one by then. But yeah. until then, I can just wait for it to be readily available.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I was solo and not with my husband, I definitely would not have one. But it, Ben's birthday is like right next to Black Friday and then obviously right by Christmas. So it ended up being one of those things where he fought really hard to get it. And then there was a, you know, me and his uh, – family went in to, to get it, you know, cause that lovely price tag, but it's a, it's a pretty impressive system. Like I don't feel bad or any kind of remorse for the money spent on it whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Bobby got one and, uh,
1: it's a beaut.
0: Yeah. I'm ex I'm excited. I've been a Sony kid forever. So eventually, eventually I do want to play Spider-Man again. So that's on my list. Um, Speaking of birthdays, Bee's birthdays this month that we're it recording. Is. I don't know when this is coming out, but B's birthdays this month is, that we're recording, which is why I picked this movie, Bloody Birthday. Um, let me tell you how bad my memory is. I thought this was happy birthday to me. Uh, like
1: we've already watched. Which
0: we've already watched. No, I know. But I was like, at, I was like at work when you asked and I was like, oh, I'll just pick one real quick. And I was like, uh, yeah, this one, like you have a birthday coming up. And I was like, yeah, that works. And I was like, and then what, like I started this and I was, I started, I got like two minutes in. I was like, wait a minute. And I looked up the other one. And I was like, we've done this for the podcast. And I was like, this is a completely different movie. So um, B's birthday is in January, but I did not realize that while picking this movie, I thought it was happy birthday to me, which I don't, I literally don't know why it's been, I've closed my store like four times because of COVID in the last month. It's been a whirlwind. <laughs>
1: Yeah. What brains Ryan and I don't have on between COVID and making a baby. Like we're just mush.
0: Yeah. No. When you're asked to rewrite the same schedule four times because people keep having to go home to isolate at some point, you're just like, your brain is literally just like everyone's availability. (laughs) Like that's all I have in my head.
1: But yeah, if you would like to go back, I think two years ago in January for my birthday, we watched Happy Birthday to Me. Um, speaking of socializing, it we watched it in a really big group um, and super fun. It has like this awesome like car chase scene. It has an amazing like end killer reveal that I absolutely adore and is one of my favorites. Um, I really really like that movie. It's it's a great. Mm-hmm. Um, Eighty slasher for sure um it's a gem and uh yeah so you can look for that one um in our uh past episodes
0: yeah that was one of my favorites um that we ever did actually because Mm -hmm. there was like 10 of us that watched that
1: yeah it was like and like
0: like everyone liked it which was just so fun it made it like everyone was invested with the group for sure that blood rage and silent night deadly night all three plays so well with a group
1: Mm mm-hmm Some of these, Uh, not so much that we, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like everybody's on their phone or talking, they're like, Wait, what happened? I'm like, Yeah, I know, yeah.
0: What did we, what was one we, I feel like there's one we watched, Dark Night of the Scarecrow and decided we couldn't even cover it, yeah. Um, and I know there was one we watched with Derek and he was like, What is this?
1: Yeah, there's been a few that they've uh tagged along
0: for that are like, Yeah. "Hmm." Ben, like, right. you can tell if Ben is interested because he'll, like, 20 minutes in, he'll be like, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> just, go to just, ben. Ben. just goes, yeah.
1: It's like I'm not interested in this. No, I've learned. He ended up watching this, this one with me, uh, not on purpose. I started it when he wasn't home and he got home a lot faster than I thought he was going to. And I was like, okay, I can, like, go watch it in the bedroom. He's like, it's fine. I'm just going to play games on my phone. Like, if I want to like do something i'll let you know and then i think he got kind of sucked in uh he doesn't like children in horror movies
0: yeah <laughs> they're creep. i mean and, children
1: they creep him out and so i think he was like just mildly interested the whole time because he was creeped out by the kids and he wasn't like fully paying attention but he'd like look up and be like that's really creepy yeah <laughs> and i'm like mm-hmm, yeah yeah that little girl is really creepy i agree
0: oh i love it
1: so i he can't get mad about this one i mean he didn't really state an opinion honestly he didn't pay enough attention to have an opinion but i don't take credit for this one i'm careful about which ones i show him now it was um
0: i remember which cheerleader camp was the one we watched and everyone was like yeah this isn't it we're like we know i'm sorry (laughs) we're like this is the first time watch for us too you know so
1: yeah guys it's research it's um for the podcast
0: yeah uh the alternative titles on this i actually love so um the original one was just happy birthday which was changed uh due to happy birthday to me I love in Germany, it's Children of the Devil, and in France, it's The Killers of the Eclipse. That's my favorite. That's what it should be called. But like to me, and and I agree that is the best one. But Killers of the Eclipse, like really, like a werewolf movie, or yeah, or even like a Giallo. But like it's definitely yeah. not a kid, well, a killer kids movie.
1: It's exactly why they called it that in French. Because yeah, they're like yeah, maybe somebody will watch this.
0: Yeah, I guess I mean there's like one GLO-esh POV shot in this movie. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, this is this is so good. The synopsis is one of my favorites that we've had. In 1970, three children are born at the height of a total eclipse due to the sun and moon blocking Saturn, which controls emotions. They have become heartless killers 10 years later and are able to escape detection because of their youthful and innocent facades. A boy and his teenager become endangered when they stumble onto the bloody truth.
0: Oh, boy. Wow. I mean, that really lays it all out for you.
1: I feel like we should have done this movie as like a celebration of you moving to LA because of all like the astrology-driven plot
0: yeah um it's uh I, when i saw i didn't realize how much it was going to be part of the plot like i saw her at the table doing a horoscope and i was like oh that's going to be like something later um and then when it like turned into the actual like quote unquote conceit of the entire concept i was like oh okay so we're going with astrology killers got it
1: mm-hmm.
0: at least they like threw something in there i guess
1: I love. I could tell from the very beginning when they just spent like and freeze framed on the eclipse. Like this is going to be really. This is really important to the plot. Yeah. Like Okay. Good to know.
0: I'm honestly surprised there aren't more like horoscope slasher movies. It seems like it would be like ripe for that. Like someone. I don't know, there you
1: was, go, Rye. Yeah. Big break.
0: There we go. Get just, to writing. and. Like, yeah, for me it would. Yeah, I love themes, so it'd just be like they kill them in some sort of horror. Th- horoscope theme
1: yeah yeah based, all the kills have to be based off of what their sign is
0: yeah exactly
1: so i'm the water bearer so you'd have to like drown me or something
0: yeah and then i'd feed someone to a lion um and
1: oh, right as one does in a slasher movie <laughs>
0: yeah and then let another one get pinched at death uh, by craps
1: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> sure yeah um, it's a, it's a hit
0: i feel it it, that would be like a, it'd fit in with anyone who liked *You Wish*, so you would love this movie. Wait, was that what it's called? No, *Wish Upon*.
1: I was no. like, *You Wish*.
0: Wait, yeah, is it wish called it *Yeah*?
1: I don't know. Whatever with it's 18, called, right? I did like that I movie. Know like Thank that you. Movie. Yeah.
0: Um, this movie was released April twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one. So we once again randomly almost stumbled onto an anniversary. We do that a lot. Woohoo, happy
1: 40 years.
0: Yeah, happy 40 years to bloody birthday. Wow.
1: Also, I'm going to be mean for a second. So when I did this, I was like, oh, so it's 30 years, right? Because I see 81. And I'm like, oh, no, 81. Shit, that means 40. And I was like, 80? Ryan was born in the 80s. You're going to be 40 soon. Okay, that eight years not-
0: soon, okay? <laughs> Jeez. I mean,
1: this decade –
0: Uh, Why would you say that? That's horrible. Oh my god! In eight years, Liam's gonna be ten years old. Sad. It freaks me out. Uh, I don't like it.
1: I'm the. I'm excited to be getting older.
0: Uh, Yeah, you're not even thirty yet, so
1: that's right i'm not even turning 30 that's right
0: i was literally thinking about that today because your birthday's coming up i was like is this finally 30 i was like fuck she has another year until she even turns 30 that's so whack
1: yeah i know i feel like my 20s have lasted like two decades
0: easily that's why i stay friends with jeremy every year my 20s is like two years (laughs) um okay Buddy, Birthday was given a belated limited release theatrically in the United States by Rearguard Productions in 1981. It was later released on VHS by Prism Entertainment in 1986, Star Maker in 1990, and then Arrow also did a Blu-ray release in 2018.
1: You know, we'll get into this, but out of all the movies we've covered, like, why is this the one that got a fucking Arrow video release? It's because it came out in 81, right? Like, it has to be.
0: It's because it's really hard to find. Uh, So until Arrow did the re-release, it was like never, it was very, very like limitedly seen. Um, Like even on Shudder's Descriptor, it says that it was just like one of those titles that was like almost never seen until Arrow did the Blu-ray re-release.
1: All right, fine. I'll accept that.
0: Yeah, so I know I always wonder that too. I'm like, how does Arrow pick? And sometimes I got to wonder if it's money, right? Because I'm sure... certain things are just like way cheaper to mm-hmm. acquire acquire the rights too. Yeah. Um but sometimes I sometimes Arrow and Scream like trick me because I see the case I'm like this looks great. <laughs> and then I'm like I watch the movie and I'm like oh. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I own a 30 dollar Blu-ray of this film that I don't actually want to ever watch again.
0: Yeah. I'm real happy I've never bought Girls Night Out. <laughs> never will. <laughs>
1: That poor movie. We need to watch something worse than that so we can stop dogging on it and consequent like consequently because of it, Brennan.
0: Yeah, I know. He's always like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: I'm like, it's really, really is okay. I could not tell you a thing about that movie besides like the guy in the bear suit, I remember for some reason. So it's fine. It has a hundred per well, ninety-nine percent escaped my brain. Yeah.
0: No, same here. I'm not guys. mad about that. Mm -mm. i haven't made space for it so no
1: uh this is so uh hard to find info on nothing on a budget nothing on a box office um i did a fair amount of digging um when it wasn't on imdb or wikipedia couldn't find anything the only thing i could i got a gist from a bio on the director is that this was made in canada um, if that does surprise you, it shouldn't. <laughs> um, and it was made on the cheap because he is no – he like got big for making sort of cult fringe like sci-fi films. Like his first film was like a soft core sci-fi movie um, that he only made for like 50000 um, and so uh, I would assume that this is in the vein. His biggest project was Starship Invasions, which cost one million dollars to make. Um, so I would say like low, low budget. <laughs> so that that's your insights to sort of the other projects this uh, director worked on, and box office. Like we saw, it was uh, got a limited release theatrically. So what it was not much right um yeah and there's not a lot said about it um couldn't really find very many reviews um all movie called it a bloody fun time that's great for all the wrong reasons um which is a very generic review not really sure what that means
0: It's it's almost like a, it's so bad, it's good, right? Like, that's almost what I take away from it. Like, it
1: shouldn't be fun. It's fun because of the fact that it's bad. Um, Right. And then because it's an 81, um, Brennan has covered this in his Bloodbath, which is his slasher series where he is um, attempting to cover every slasher movie of all time made, um, which we recommend often. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're a fan of slasher films, um. So, Brennan gave it a four out of 10, saying, Bloody Birthday is reasonably diverting, but forgettable for all.
0: Say that's fair. Yeah,
1: that's fair, <laughs> Brennan. Very fair. Uh,
0: I will say, though, I love this poster.
1: Yeah, it's a great poster. Um, so, our poster. Um, We've got a you know solid black background. We've got our tagline really big up front, up top. That's the first thing that you read. Uh, not only is it the biggest type on the poster, but it's also reverse type. So it calls the most attention to you because it's one of the brightest things. Um, it says, the nightmare begins with the kids next door. That's a great tagline for this movie. Um, super in theme with the movie um and kind of instantly gives you an air for what it's going to be about which they don't hide this isn't a whodunit um yeah no and then we get the actual like subject matter of the poster which is a sort of sad looking birthday cake uh that i think has like some razor blades in it Mm -hmm. um it's got like blood dripping out of it and then instead of candles it has fingers uh with blood dripping down them like it's wax and the candles are lit and sort of like a blown out exposure where the light is and then all the credits below and bloody Birthdays" written out in an icing like style
0: yeah it reminds me of a goosebumps cover like, I feel like mm-hmm. that would be, like, a Goosebumps cover. Yeah, I if love... it was brighter. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. And it,
0: I love, you know, I'm just a big fan of the illustrated, and that's of the era anyway. So just, like, we see a lot of those. Um yeah. And it's one of those 80s ones, too, where I think we see this a lot is the cover's better than the movie.
1: <laughs> right. Or, like, at least you recognize the cover before you recognize the film or the plot or have heard anything about it. But people could probably see this poster and be like oh yeah i've seen that before
0: yeah uh b mentioned the big head tagline on it that i begins with the kids next door which is great and then we get our generic have a bloody good time which is awful uh and then we get mom won't like it but the kids will um which is so,
1: yeah okay. it's like the typical like commercial for
2: like, like kids sugary snack, cereal right? yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: and like snacks and stuff where it's like either or, right? It's like, "Oh, the kids will love it and mom will because it's got, you know, vitamins in it or whatever it says." And then, you know, the reverse of it where it's this where it's like, "The kids will love it, but mom won't." Mhm. It's
0: like a Nickelodeon tagline. Did when? you see that Nickelodeon uh NFL thing yesterday?
1: Um, yeah, I saw the highlights.
0: Well, they filmed – well, the F word dropped on Nickelodeon because they mic the, mic the field and one of the guys got called for um, pass interference and he goes, what the fuck? And they picked it up on the mic on Nickelodeon the first time they ever aired a football game.
1: Oh, my god.
0: I know. I was uh. like, yeah, of course
1: poor guys i love the idea behind it i think it's super awesome i think it's super great way to get kids into football and into sports um and a way for like families to like watch a game together and make it more interesting for the kids uh love that poor nickelodeon oh yeah. my god that's oh hilarious
0: god. of course their first try
1: why in what scenario did they think miking the field anybody no idea In the playoff games, like, anger is at its – and stress is at its highest points. I wouldn't know because my team didn't dare make it to the playoffs this year.
0: Okay. I am a Falcons fan. Okay. Like, I don't even want to hear it. We fired our head coach this year.
1: Yeah, I went to the Super Bowl last year. I can't complain.
0: Exactly. And the last time I went to the Super Bowl, 28-3 will haunt me for the rest of my day. life. So. Um, our director is Ed Hunt. He has 13 credits. As V mentioned, he did like Colton sci-fi stuff. Um, so a bunch of sci-fi stuff. Plague, Starship Invasions, Alien Warrior, Point of No Return. And then as V also mentioned, he uh, debuted with like softcore movies. So Pleasure Palace and Diary of a Sinner. Um, and then um, that led him on to his bigger projects and eventually over into this. And then he also would go on to make The Brain. Oh, wow. He made a movie as recent as 2014, Halloween Hell.
1: Yes. Um, which looked like a like cult, like low budge film for sure. Um, and then Ed Hunt also wrote it with, it looks like his writing partner, um, Barry Person. The only other uh, credit he had was a couple of these other films um, with Ed Hunt. Um So yeah, that was the the sole team behind this. Uh, It's funny, I couldn't even find, I could find like the editor assistant's name, but I couldn't actually find like the person who edited the film, like their credit. That's weird. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies where like the information's like a little sparse. Mm. Um, Arlen Ober uh, did the score um, and he's gone on to be part of the music department, not necessarily... Um, doing the score to the films but involved in the um in the music department on films for a child's play um, house uh, one and two Hospital massacre which is gonna pop up a few times with this cast um and Deep star Six so um, definitely stayed in the industry and in a lot of stuff in the genre for sure
0: this was an interesting score too because like um, there's a couple parts in the movie where, so like when the kid gets out of the fridge when he finally gets out it's like really victorious music Uh it's like it's like he's just like it's like that would normally be the music at the end of a movie when someone escapes like a death trap and that was like 20 minutes in and i was like whoa like there's like this is a big deal that this kid's getting out of this fridge
1: no, it yeah, and like the very beginning too, like when the the first couple that gets killed, uh, it's like the really soft, like romantic piano music. But I feel like if you go back and look at these early '80s films, even if you look at Friday, and you look at that final scene that plays, um, after when she's in the boat right yeah. before Jason pops out, it's this really sort of strange, like da 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 like piano soft like oh my god i can't even think of the genre like there's a name for it it's but it's like soft rock and like
0: it's very like dreamy and ethereal right
1: yeah and feels very tv and uh it pops up a lot of these early i think it was just like a scoring theme it pops up a lot in these early 80s films where It kind of goes the typical like, oh, this is a romantic moment, even though you're in a horror movie. It's like, oh, we have to have this specific type. Oh, this is a victorious moment. We have to have this very like thematic music to match. So, you know. Right. I feel like it was just a little bit more obvious with the scoring choices to push the feeling you were supposed to have. Yeah. um, As opposed to a general mood overall which is and like you said
0: um it does remind me a lot of 80s tv right cuz the yeah. 80s tv has a lot of those moments of like musical hues like you know this is funny this is victorious mm-hmm. this is sad this is dangerous yeah
1: so i think yeah. it was just a a type of strategy and probably what was honestly sought after sought after and looked for
2: mm-hmm.
1: um which just feels foreign to us because especially in horror that's so very far like even in scenes of lightness we will often if we have scenes of lightness it's like a song um mm-hmm. it's actual like music and not necessarily the score yeah. you know we're getting like a fun pop hit or hip hop or something to like lighten the mood um but then all of the moments of score stay strict to like the suspense
0: yeah sometimes a moment of levity is like no score it's like you know we're good right now because there's no score yeah you so.
1: can't hear anything nothing's stressing you out in the background exactly.
0: uh steven posey is our cinematographer he stayed in the genre quite a bit actually did friday the 13th The new beginning slumber party massacre uh worked on the camera department the howling uh and then he did uh some work as a director mostly tv this cast is freaking huge
1: yeah it is really big um we have three killers in this movie, um, the three um, birthday birthday babies. Um, so Elizabeth Hoy as Debbie Brody, um, and she plays young Susan in Hospital Massacre, which we've covered. Um, Andy Freeman as Stephen Sutton, and then Billy Jane as Curtis Taylor, um, who was young Harry in Hospital Massacre. Um sort of genre-esque, uh Brett Camber and Cujo, and then has continued, has like a variety of credits. Um, and just try and pull the pull the things that are more related to genre work or giant. None of these people ex- with the exception of uh our final boy has really been anything too big. Um, so our final girl, Joyce Russell, played by Lori Lethen. Um the only other thing she's really known for is return to horror high in 87. She retired from acting in 99 and went to school and became a clinical psychologist, which I think is really interesting.
0: Good <laughs> so for you, like, Lori Yeah,
1: Levin. quite the career change. Um, and then um, Timmy Russell, her little brother, um, is played by Casey Martel, and he's Greg in ET. Funny enough, he's Greg in Amityville Horror. <laughs> And then he plays Eddie Munster in um, uh, Munster's Revenge um, from 81. So he was kind of like the star to go on to do some of these bigger things for sure.
0: I recognized him too. So it yeah. makes, but I kind of like place it, but it makes sense because I've seen all of those. Yes. So it's like my brain connected mm-hmm. to something.
1: No, as soon as I saw ET, I'm like, uh huh. Yep. That's exactly. He's from ET. Um, Uh, Susan Strasberg plays Miss Viola Davis, which I love that that's her name, the, like, teacher. Um, Jose Ferrer is Doctor. Melinda Cordell is Mrs. Brody. um, And she had, like, quite a few acting credits. Um, Julie Brown is Beverly Brody. um, And so that was, like, our uh, friend and the sister who got peeped on Mm -hmm. that – Oh good lord! Um, so bit like has stayed acting eighty five credits, uh, most notably, which I got excited for, uh, was Miss Stoger, the gym teacher in Clueless. Awesome. Um, which he definitely like would not have. I would never have made that connection. And then she's also known as Candy in Earth Girls Are Easy, but she's been in a ton of stuff. A Lot a lot of TV. Wow. Um, so I think that's just funny to like go. She's fully nude in this movie it's never full frontal but you do see her booty see her boobs a ton and Mm -hmm. i just love that she goes from this film to being like really like the main eye candy to just having an awesome career i love it
2: yeah that's great
1: and then yeah uh a mass amount of other people you know are body fodder essentially joe penny as mr harding brett kramer as sheriff james brody Billy Jane as Curtis Taylor, uh, Ben Marley as Duke Benson, Erica Hope as Annie Smith, Ellen Greer as Madge, Michael Dudikoff as Willard, and Cyril O'Reilly as Paul. So many. So many. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, this this is definitely one that introduces, it literally has random characters that pop up just to give the kids somebody to kill
0: oh yeah like the like near the end of in the The van yeah yeah they literally just like drive up um so this movie is what's called a killer kids movie uh it's it is a its own sub genre and killer kids is kind of more blanket term because just like all horror like that's the over that's the umbrella and then it has you know pieces under it because you can have different types of killer kid movies so this is a you know falls in like the slasher realm um but some more like famous ones are um children who play with dead things beware children to play the both the both in the 80s like this is a popular genre for the 80s and then perhaps like um village of the damned and then children of the corn are like two of the most famous killer kids movies but those are both heavily supernatural um (laughs)
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah um and these are uh you know, the kids are the killers. I have a problem with killer kids movies. I can't take them very seriously unless it's something like children of the corn or village of the damned, because anytime I see a child, like menacingly, I'm like, "Dude, you weigh like 40 pounds soaking wet?
1: Well, I mean, that's realistically, and there's quite a few flaws, but the biggest flaw of this movie is that they're not threatening. Like at, At every point, they don't have any type of edge over our final girl or the rest of the cast besides being the heir of innocence and not being suspected. They have no edge over, I mean, I'm not a, like, big, strong girl. I'm your average height. I'm, like, your average size for a woman. I could have easily taken out all three of those kids at once. So it's hard to feel like the threat when you're watching it because you're like, my God, you could just like slap them and they'd probably pass out, you know?
0: Like literally. Um, Yeah. The only time they're threatening is it's the one with the gun, right? Because like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who's holding a gun. A gun is going to have more power. So, but like other than that, no, the whole movie, I'm just like. Just, like, literally, like you said, just slap them. Just, like, yeah. like she hits that chick. She hits the girl at the end with that lamp. And I was, like, she would get knocked out, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, that that lamp hit her straight on, like, in the head. That would have knocked her out.
1: Well, and, like, we have to dispel, like, like, some disbelief, right? We can't, like, nitpick at this stuff, especially in slashers, and go, like, well, that kill is not realistic. But it gets to a point where you go... Okay, this is a teenage boy that she... This little girl, because that was her weapon, um, is strangling with a jump rope. Like, there's no way she had the physical strength to do that. He'd be able to easily just pull the rope and pull it down. Mm -hmm. So, it's moments like that. So, it's one thing to see a character like Michael Myers, who is big and menacing. And as far as we know, especially in the first movie, not Supernatural... Just a big guy. It's it's easy to sort of dispel, like, well, could he kick somebody's head in on the cement? Probably not, but you know, we'll we'll say it's believable. It's easy enough to be like, ah, yeah, it's fine. I can believe that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This doesn't have that layer, and then you know, there's killers like Ghostface, which are purposely all those kills, like he. Falls in like all the movies, because none of the killers are big and menacing. They're often teenagers, you know, yeah. and so. But all of the kills that are executed by Ghostface make that reveal believable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I, lacks I, I...
1: that element, and and I can even think back to a lot of the slashers that we've covered. There's been a few where I had problems, like. Famously, Urban Legend is one of the ones that I have problems with because we get our killer reveal and it's a very small woman and some of these kills just do not seem realistic. And even when they have the killer dressed up, you look at them and then you look at her and go, that's not her in the costume.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so it's hard for you to sort of not find the floss because they're they're showing too many – the like connection is like a little bit too flawed doesn't happen all the time and it's not it's and like I said it's not like us going nitpicking if we nitpicked every kill in a slasher movie most of them are not going to be that believable Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: it's it's that level where you just give us just enough to go that could happen perfect situation that could happen
0: yeah and so and like or even giving us a little more of an edge like child's play like you look at child's play like that's literally a doll but like mm-hmm. it's the cunning and it's like the supernatural like little edge too that make you go like you
2: do yeah
0: yeah that you're like because people are like well it's a doll it's like well it's a human inside of a doll like it's so unbelievable to start like this isn't unbelievable to me mm-hmm. but this doesn't go far enough in that unbelievable route uh, and so it's like, there are those moments where it's like, you, that was like literally when he's, when, when she's strangling the, the girl in the, in the grave, I was mm-hmm. like, you would pull her, you would do this and pull her into that grave with you. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, I'm, I'm just as big. I watch professional wrestling. My suspension <laughs> of disbelief is off the charts. Trust me. Like I have a big suspension of disbelief, but there are some times where I'm like, I just can't, like, I can't do it. This is one of them.
1: Yeah, this is one of them for sure. That And that I think that's easily, it's for sure creepy. I, It's hella creepy. Like, I'll give that that. But I think that could have been structured in a way that we had more fear of these children and believed that they were more capable of these. Or, I mean, it would have made it like not a slasher at all. But if the gun was used instead of... Like some of the other choices, especially the strangling, that's just such an aggressive thing. I I think even for me, and I'm sure this will be a conversation I have with Ben because I usually fact check some of this stuff with him because uh, he weirdly knows about all this shit. But I think even I wouldn't be able to strangle um, most people just because of my level of strength unless they were significantly smaller than me um that's it's a hard thing to do
0: Mm -hmm. yeah especially to death (laughs) like strangle someone Mm -hmm. to
1: death (laughs) Mm so you know i mean we've covered it but that's that's our killer kid flaw in this one for sure yeah um yeah, and so the the motive for our killers, Debbie, Stephen, and Curtis, that they astrology made them psychopaths.
0: Yeah, like the literally like the description that be read as the, our movie like summary. That is about oh, like two thirds of the way through the movie, like our final girl pieces together because she, she just does horoscope charts for fun, and she is doing um, Debbie's, and she realizes that because of the eclipse it blocked out the part of their brain that makes them emote so they are essentially sociopaths
1: sociopaths that's the word yeah
0: yeah they just they have no emotions yeah Mm -hmm. um also i hate all three of these kids so much Mm -hmm. like the whole movie I, i was texting another friend about it and i was like no it's like a killer kids movie and um she was like oh like so the guy's killing kids i was like no no they're the killers and i was like but that almost makes it worse because i'm rooting for them to die like i'm rooting for these children to die
1: Uh Um, i know
0: but i was like the whole movie especially oh what's his name little little fucking curtis like curtis the whole movie i was like i can't wait till you get yours curtis Uh i just can't wait he was driving me nuts and then i don't know just like they're killer kid movies man especially in the 80s i'm like these are goofy looking kids (laughs) like they're just like i just god curtis just being a little punk ass i don't know i was i don't know i'm getting old i'm 32 so i see like a little eight-year-old i'm like what what are you doing eight-year-old go home shouldn't you be asleep yeah like literally i'm like go home dude go home curtis that's funny
1: uh, yeah, so like we've mentioned, the gun and the jumping rope is what they use pretty exclusively um, for their kills. There's a couple other things that pop up, um, but those are their sort of iconic weapons. Uh, Steven doesn't get to do anything. He just gets to get bossed around by Debbie and Curtis. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so our final girl is Joyce, um, the sister of Temmy, who's kind of friends with these kids And I think she's also like a TA in his class Um, and sometimes babysits for Debbie. And so that's how she's connected to all of these kids. Um, And she is, I mean, probably one of the blandest final girls that we've had. Um, She's crazy, crazy annoying. Um, She spends like most of the movie. And granted, they've cut, they for sure cut a lot from this movie because there's a lot of weird disjointed scenes there's a lot of information that it seems like we were supposed to have heard but then have no longer heard like their parents are gone they've been out of town and for the whole premise of this movie um which is like three or four days longer than that's like a week long her parents are their parents out of town.
0: Damn birthday.
1: Right, because they're in school and they say their birthday is on Monday. Right. And so we, even if we assume that was Friday, um, the killings had happened starting the night before, then there's multiple days of killing, then there's the birthday, and then there's m- multiple killings after the birthday party, too. So I think it's safe to assume it's like a week long thing. Uh, there's this whole weird scene at the end of the movie where like her boyfriend pops up, but we'd never heard him mentioned before. It's like this oh, random. No, we, we
0: did hear him mention Willard.
1: huh. Remember
0: because she talks to her dad, she's like, I'm going to the drive-in and he's like with Willard and he's like, no, you're not. She's like, why not? And he's like, because I said so. Mm. I only remember that because Willard is at the beginning of the movie, the guy's like, Willard, if that's you, I'm going to kick your ass. And then also Joyce is doing Willard's horoscope. That's gotcha. That's the only reason I remember him. But then, like, I mean, you're right. Like, the kids in the van pop up and they, it feels like we're supposed to know them. Like, they're friends yeah. of, of our main characters or something. Ranked
1: or, like, neighbors or something.
0: Yeah. And, and then the first two characters are friends in our, of our leads, too. And they, like, barely mention them.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's strange. So, I mean, yeah, she's, it's, it's one of those scenarios where, I mean, she, She doesn't just survive. I mean, she is the one who moves the plot forward. She is the one who discovers, like, and is suspicious of the kids, specifically Curtis, and starts to, like, piece together that, you know, there's something off about them. Um, You know, she finds out that Debbie's charging the kids 25 cents to spy on her sister and, like, all this stuff. So, I mean, she does serve a purpose to, like, move the plot. But as far as, like, a final girl in the arc, I mean, that's non-existent.
0: No, there's um, no arc. She's yeah. Her and Timmy are both vessels to tell this story. Right. Like, Timmy exists to give Joyce access to these children's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the conduit into it. And then, like, you know, it's through their joint efforts at the end of the movie but like the more slashers we watch like the more i've realized you know like there's final girls and final boys and then there's survivors right Mm -hmm. and so like that final girl trope is not present in everything um it, we usually still do get because like it's become such a staple in horror movies. We usually do get a final like lead actress to make it to the end of the movie. Um, but I've also like over the three years now that we've been doing this, I'm like, there's definitely like final girls and then there's girls that survive. Um Like we've, yeah. we talked about it. I think the first time we really talked about it was the legend of Bloody Mary. Right. Mm-hmm. Where we, were, we were like this. Yeah. This girl made it to the end, but it's kind of like circumstantial.
1: Right. It could have been anybody who survived. Right. And this film, I mean, it couldn't really have been anybody because nobody else was in this movie. (laughs) That was like, you know, I mean, I guess besides the sister, but we weren't following the story of anybody else. So Mm -hmm. it was always meant to be them with the structure of how the story was laid out. It's, It's really about Joyce and Timmy. And it happens to be like this situation they kind of get thrown in because they know
0: right. these kids. So um yeah, we have eight kills in the movie. Uh so mm-hmm. that's medium amount for yeah. like a slasher, especially yeah. like in this era. Um the guys there is no there is no plot to this movie no. other than other than these kids are literally just psychopaths and want to kill everyone that does them doesn't even do them wrong. They're no. sociopaths. They just want to kill. Yeah, people.
1: There's no vengeance. It's just people. I mean, they literally kill one of their fathers. Like it's just people they run into. It's yeah. just fun to them. Like exactly. it's, it's yeah. yeah. It's just something for them to do. That's it. Yeah.
0: So we start in like a cemetery, and you know it's the '80s. So we get, of course, like a boob right in the beginning of a movie. Um, and then I love that she's like the first of all the ambulance game i was like holy shit bro like you would get the shit storm that would get you into today (laughs) it's just like where ambulances don't stop at a red light it's like wow that's so bad it's horrible Uh um but then i love too she's like i don't want to do it out here it's too open so he's like no problem so they jump into an open grave they're like we don't want to do it out in public so we'll do it in a grave and i like sat there for a minute and i was like would i like if i really didn't want to be seen out in public like would i do it in an open grave yes no, you
2: I, would you i would. wouldn't
0: no no I'm i don't way believe too, you no i'm way too supernatural about that stuff i won't like do stuff in a graveyard like it freaks me out too much like, if it was a hole in a park, yes. <laughs> I will fully admit. Like, if someone was building out something in a park, so there was a big hole in the ground, yeah, I probably would. But, like, a hole in a graveyard, absolutely not. But I wouldn't be in the graveyard in the first place. Like, I would not make out in a graveyard. I would get way... You've seen me in, like, scary circumstances. I'm so flighty. Like, so that bad. would that would do me no favors to make out with someone in a graveyard. <laughs> You'd be like,
1: okay, great. Uh, this is nice, but we need to move on if you would like this to go any further.
0: We yeah, need to would,
1: change locations.
0: They would go like to their friend, and, and their friend would be like, weren't you like dating that guy? And she'd be like, Oh yeah, we were in a graveyard and a branch snapped and he just left me there. Yeah, that is realistic. Um, but we do get two characters killed right at the get-go. Um, they're in the grave. Um, the kid stands up. I forget his name. I remember her name is actually Annie. Um, but The kid stands up and gets hit in the face with a shovel a couple of times. And then she gets strangled, literally lifted off the ground, strangled with a jump rope by Debbie. uh, And then they get buried alive. The buried alive part's cool. Like, that's like creepy and stuff. But like, even the shovel thing, I was like, I, I really want to know. Like, I wanna like ask, I know they don't exist anymore, but I wanna like ask Mythbusters and be like, would an eight year old hitting me in the face with a shovel? knock me out like could it hurt yes but would it knock me do they have enough force literally to knock me out
1: maybe this is what ben has been waiting for like he loves youtube but like doesn't want to start a youtube channel necessarily but he does at the same time maybe this is his answer he could be our our horror myth busters
0: i would um love that so much
1: would that be so cool? Be like, okay, these are the myths we're doing from the 1981 hit, Bloody Birthday.
0: Yeah, Ben would be like, listen, we're using real eight-year-olds. Nope. <laughs> Otherwise. Like, or, we don't have an eight-year-old, so, you know, my son is two. He's going to swing. We'll amplify that force by four.
1: <laughs> Basically. Hey, kid hits hard.
0: Oh, I believe it. I I, I mean, I, I don't know how hard he hits, but he's pulled my hair and he's got some force on him.
1: He's like crazy strong. It's a little
0: well, scary. Ben's like crazy strong. mm mm-hmm. like, I
2: Like,
0: I've seen Ben lift a car. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know, it doesn't surprise me if Liam could actually do it. Oh, uh, my gosh. Um,
1: uh, yeah um so like we said i mean not much happens the sheriff for some reason thinks it's appropriate to go to an elementary school class and ask if anybody was at the cemetery and if it was the handle to their jump rope um which i thought was crazy inappropriate
0: well also um, it's just like you guys know what murder is <laughs> so yeah like, and then Damn, asking, bro
1: yeah and then of course like our killer herself is like yeah like on tv not like on tv debbie like okay sir um just very extreme the sheriff's very extreme the teacher is very extreme the adults are just all like on another level for sure Mm -hmm. um and because of his nice little lecture um (laughs) sheriff brody is the next one to die he gets beaten to death with a baseball bat um i mean by his i mean debbie doesn't do it but um that is her father
0: (laughs) yeah and she like tricks him outside like They are originally trying to trick him to trip and fall on a skateboard. Um, And when it doesn't work, they hit him with the bat and then they frame it to look like he fell on the skateboard. Yeah. Um, Which, so, and that's another thing. If this movie had continued to do things like that, I think I would have been more okay with it, right? Right. With the kids being using, like you said, using their air of innocence to trick people and manipulate people into Mm -hmm. kills. But like the only time that ever comes up, is when debbie is just trying to make it look like she's not involved right yeah instead of like she almost tri- t- uh tricks timmy right when he comes up into the treehouse, house yeah. um, but that's like, that's like the only real time it happens yeah because other than that like our kids are literally just walking around with a gun
1: <laughs> uh-huh. like legit like oh let me hide it under this jacket nobody will notice he puts it
0: in his front pocket of his pants
1: can't notice a a big old pistol in the pocket of an eight-year-old's jeans
0: no um yeah so then we uh i will say the the funeral scene that's when you said that the mom was an actress i was like that makes sense because not 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 just this funeral scene because she has to have another one for her Mm -hmm. daughter like she gives her performance in those scenes like she's like definitely like a, a little bit melodramatic there yeah. Um, but we have our funeral and then like the kids are kind of like, like be mentioned, they're just knocking off people that are kind of getting in their way. So since Miss Davis said they kind of, um, she said some- they wanted to like do something for their homework and she said no. And so since she's like getting in the way of their fun, this is where they steal Debbie's dad, Sheriff Brody's gun and they shoot her while she's in the kitchen, like basically in the teacher's aid room at the school. Mm-hmm um and so they shoot her and then they hide her Uh, somehow these three children are able to get her propped up in a closet um and this is when joyce starts like getting involved because up until this point like they're messing with timmy but timmy keeps getting out of these situations like he's stuck in this refrigerator at the junkyard and he manages to get out of it um and like he you can tell timmy's like onto them but he's um he's kind of like a pathological liar so joyce doesn't believe him um but then joyce finds his body and uh, this is when things like pretty much when she starts to piece things together alongside timmy because their parents are still out of town um all this stuff in the middle is just like super weird too because the, like this movie's 86 minutes long um it feels longer because the pacing is so weird because like a kill will happen. And then it's just like all of this stuff in between before another kill happens. Like there's this whole part where she gets tricked to the junkyard and they're trying to kill her using a car. And there's this like wild junkyard chase scene, with these nine-year-olds driving a car in reverse very well and the kid's wearing a burlap sack via like jason part two um over his head and and then like that happens and like the police like the police drive her home from the funeral then that happens then the police show up again and like all the space in the middle is just like it stretches the movie out so much Mm -hmm. Like, even the scene with the sister dancing, you can tell that's just for the nudity. Because that scene's, like, five minutes long of her just dancing and the kids taking turns peeping on her.
1: Yeah. It's just so, yeah, it's just there to show her body. There's no there's no service to that scene for us or for the plot of the movie.
0: Just the people, right? Like, it's because she uses yeah, that later. But, but it's like, like, an
1: excessive length.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It's,
1: like, yeah. exploitative 100%
0: oh yeah for sure um this is when we get like our random guy and girl because now curtis has taken it upon himself to try to kill timmy um and he keeps trying to sneak in or buy timmy's house to shoot him but he keeps getting thwarted so he just like kind of takes it out on these guys in a van that are about to have sex in the back seat um and he shoots the guy and then he literally like unloads an entire clip on this chick Mm -hmm. he unloads that clip like four times in the movie And, like, that kid is – I just – again, once again, I'm like, that kid is shooting that pistol (laughs) one-handed. Like, no recoil, nothing. Just, like, no problem. Just boom, boom, (laughs) boom, boom, boom. seven times in a row. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, and this is, like, a gun that's used by a cop, which is usually, like, the most powerful guns that are more powerful than, like, a fucking – ar-15 like these are strong ass guns that will like send a bullet all the way through you and fucking kill you like there's yeah, no fucking
0: way through walls <laughs> well, like-
1: yeah which is realistic for that type of gun
0: right yeah absolutely
1: it is not realistic that oh i mean we've been over it it's just not you just have to try and pretend
0: yeah try. uh yeah so while like you know, B even mentioned that, you know, poor old Steven never gets to kill anyone really. He's just like being bossed around. Yeah. Cause while, um, while Curtis is trying to kill Timmy and Joyce, um, you know, Debbie is bored pretty much and decides to kill her sister. So she uses that little people and realizes that she can shoot her arrows through it. And she shoots her sister through the eye with an arrow. And then um the kids hide the body outside just and they like just until it's found because the next scene is literally her funeral.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What happened to the boyfriend?
1: I don't know. I don't remember.
0: Now I'm like confused because I know it was was the boyfriend later? Did he leave or something? It had to have been. Because I don't know how she could die and he wouldn't. So he must have left or something. But um yeah, so then Beverly's dead, and that that's pretty much leads to the climax of our movie. Um, this whole time, Debbie has been be, has been able to trick Joyce and Timmy into thinking that she's like not part of it, and they keep like pulling her into it, and she's just around. So she asks if Joyce can come babysit her because her mom has to check herself into a mental institution after her husband and daughter are both killed. Yeah, um, which is horrible. And then so they go and they. Realize that they are trapped in the house because Curtis figured out how to rewire her dad's security system to lock all the doors and windows in the house. Um, and then there's this whole like showdown in the house where they manage to – they trap Stephen in, the, in a trunk. Um, and they manage to tie up Curtis um, when he runs out of bullets. They, I love when he runs out of bullets and Timmy just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, uh, like another like, child right just shows that like literally just shows that another child had enough force to overtake this child um but they they beat him up and they literally hog tie him and then debbie gets away and her mom kind of realizes what's happening but not wanting to lose the rest of her family they move and um like it shows them in a new town and they've taken a new persona and then like the like the kind of like last wink at the camera is because it shows Debbie playing by like a gas station and they leave and then it goes on to go behind the gas station and there's a truck driver who's been crushed underneath his vehicle. So Debbie's yeah. still out there murdering people.
1: After she's like promised that she's gonna go by this new name and be really good for her mommy.
0: I will say, um she's like a like I enjoy her like cunning and and like her and she's the ringing leader right because she Mm -hmm. she's like definitely deciding what these boys do and she's also smart enough to get out of all of these like situations um she actually feels like an actual eighty slasher killer to me
1: right Uh, i mean she played it well i think
0: for sure oh yeah all three of the kids are like creepy and, and like which they're supposed to be but she probably is like the best at it she plays that like fake innocence really well. Um, B, what is your favorite kill?
1: Um, I mean, mine's definitely like Debbie killing her sister with a bow and arrow through the peephole. I mean, it's yep. definitely the most interesting kill for sure. Um, it's really vicious that they've been like using this hole to like literally exploit her sister and charge her friends to see her body and then uses that same hole to kill her um it's just really fucked up and uh it's all uh, yeah it's also done the best
0: i am with you the bow of the arrow kill yeah. is definitely the best like i mean and you know when i'm watching a slasher i prefer not to go the gun route so um anything that's not a gun kill i'm gonna right a
1: lot of those in this movie and it's technically not a slasher kill i mean if you look up the the not even just the tropes but just the standard what is a slasher it's you know a killer wielding blades
0: right right um b has a favorite quote from this one which i also love to this this quote
1: <laughs> um it's uh in the climax when um curtis runs out of his the clip is empty and we think that you know they're cornered they're gonna die um and timmy says you should have learned to count to six genius and then he starts beating him up
0: yeah i was like that, that was so good was... timmy's definitely the best character in this movie
1: oh for sure yeah
0: he's super uh... likable yeah, he's super likable and like he, he knows what's going on from the get go. And I even like that scene at the school where they kill Miss Davis. Like the first thing Timmy does is beat up Curtis for blocking mm-hmm. him in that fridge. So, no, Timmy's definitely like the hero of this movie. Joyce just happens to be like the adult who can sort of get things done. Right. Um, this is definitely like a cult movie. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's it came out in eighty-one. So it's we're right in that big boom for slashers and especially A big, big slasher year. Right. And you can always tell because it's based on like some sort of holiday, right? And everyone wants to ride that Friday and that Halloween fame. So um we're like still riding off of that. So like the fact that it's based on some sort of holiday, um always I can always tell when it's like, oh, that's probably like early 80s. Mm-hmm. But definitely like even when I think of Killer Kid movies, I like I said, I my first is like Stone of the Corn and Village of the Dam. But even more like when you go deeper, I still would go like children don't play with dead things before bloody birthday.
1: Yeah, for sure not well known. Like we mentioned before, the poster is probably more recognizable than the film itself.
0: Mm-hmm. But it is on shutter, or hopefully it is by the time you guys hear this. Yeah, um, it's on Prime. Yeah. Um so if you have those, I would say if you're like a completionist, you know, check it out before it leaves and gets, and then you have to track down that Arrow Blu-ray. Yes. I wonder Blu-ray. if it's available on the Arrow app. Arrow just announced the app.
2: Oh, oh I'll, to, fancy. I'll to
0: check. Yeah. They do like Arrow TV now. Is this our seventy-second or seventy-third?
1: Our seventy-second.
0: Wow, we are dangerously close to hundred.
1: Yeah. Great.
0: We're gonna have to do something.
1: Yeah, twenty-seven ninety-nine. If you would like to own this. Um,
0: uh, Blu-ray <laughs> Yeah this <laughs> <It's> Blu-ray um, <laughs> At the end of our episode we, we do rank our movies Which you can find at Keepstreaming.com Slash the dash list uh, As we just said This is our 72nd movie uh, Number one is still Nightmare on Elm Street From 1984 Followed by My Bloody Valentine From 81 and Then at the bottom of our list We have both of The April Fool's Days And Girls Night Out Sorry Brennan um, Man This movie is Barely a slasher
1: yeah, so we have no final role. Um, we have no does it isn't necessarily needed, but it is a big trope. We don't have a whodunit. Um, we don't have any kind of – just missing a majority of the tropes that all come together um, to make a slasher film. Uh, it's missing the structure. The flashback we kind of get, it's the children yeah. being born – yeah. Um, and that is what ends up being the consequence. So I'll give them that, um, that we start off with a flashback that then is what leads us to present day and why the killings are happening. Um, but, you know, we there's a lot of kills that use a gun. Um, God, I'm trying to think of some of the other big ones. Where, and then just in general, as far as like the not even just slasher tropes, but just the, God, not the integrity, but the, the. I mean, even just the quality of the film, the score, the cinematography, like those are all things that play in a factor too. And I mean, they just lack. Um, the kills themselves, um, there are a few interesting ones, but you get mm-hmm. so lost in the fact that um, they're either with a gun or just like not believable. Um, and according to some trivia, there was some cutting done, um, that wasn't able to be retrieved or else we would have seen it on the versions that we watched. Um, so perhaps we got a little bit more gore, got to see a little bit more, but I'm not even really sure with these types of kills, what, was really missing
0: yeah um, i don't know how you could get like because the gunshot wounds are pretty simple and then the strangling and the only one really would be maybe the arrow um
1: which we see may- plenty of i feel like
0: yeah so like i don't know if it just means like the gunshot wounds were bloodier or you saw them bleeding out more like that was definitely something i noticed with the gunshot wounds is usually it was like you know bullet and then just like blood stain. Right. um the only um, one that like kind of had some blood was the teacher and they clean it up with the sponges
1: so you know it just it just kind of lacks in those areas so i mean although it is a holiday slasher it's light in in most of the the slasher qualities um yeah. really- the biggest
0: things. it has the cat and mouse right and then like that's kind of the biggest and the stocking so we get like and some of the like some of those kills like the lead up does feel like a slasher movie like the arrow kill feels very slasher even like some of the times when curtis is going around with the gun can feel slasher ish but like because of the way it's executed it just like it doesn't quite hit it Um, Yeah,
1: half of our kills are couples having sex that's a huge slasher trope characters (laughs) having sex that don't mean anything to the plot of the story they're just characters being promiscuous obviously that's a huge huge slasher trope, and that's half of our kills in this movie so I mean it's not there's definitely been some where we're like oh like this is like how are we even gonna like rank this because it's not it barely is a slasher so it does have some of the elements it really just misses out on like a majority of the tropes and and following the blueprint itself
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um but the kills themselves um are the focus and and are what i mean that's what's driving the plot is these kills kids killing people and it they feel slasher
0: ish yeah 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 so Um, i'm i'm literally looking like right around 63 64
1: hmm sort of in our our fun camp of there's slasher things in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, cheerleader camp still, like, feels like a slasher to me, you know? It like, does.
1: It's just not a very good one.
0: Yeah, but, like, at least even in that we still get a final girl. We get that razor blade. Um, well, we get the killer who is, like, the final girl, kind of. And then the mm-hmm. final girl is, like, framed, essentially. And then we get, you know, the razor blade kill. And then, like, the guts coming out of that one kid. Yeah. Um,
1: no trailer to camp i even home sweet home i think is more of a slasher than this
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: god fatal games i forgot about that we just covered that movie that's definitely i I, I
0: forgot too i was reading this i was like
1: what's fatal Fatal games olympic one um so this movie actually feels a lot like fatal games where it's really disjointed um and we've got sort of this cast of characters that are participating in slasher-like things. Um, the funny thing about that movie, though, like I'm trying to remember, is it's still – right? We have our masked killer that's mm-hmm. like slowly picking off these people. It's themed kill. Yeah, I mean that's, that has more slasher tropes. That fits the mold better. Even that one does.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only like close to a theme kill, right, with this is the jump rope, which Mm -hmm. and then I guess the I guess kind of the bow and arrow set because that was like a thing. Um, But like, really, the jump rope is the only one. Yeah. So are you thinking under Fatal Games?
1: Yeah, because the other ones we're running into are ones that are either play with the genre itself, like Mischief Night, Happy 2014's Mischief Night, Happy Death Day to You, Cry Wolf. Girls' night out, April Fool's Day, and April Fool's Day all play with a slasher trope.
0: Right. Yeah, so they use they, it as a, use it a tool,
1: as a tool to change. And mm-hmm. you know whether they do that successfully or not doesn't really matter on this list. I mean, it does a little bit. Um, for the most part, they land here because even though you can still classify them as a slasher, they don't. They don't follow the blueprint, and they they don't do a very good job of being a slasher which is what this list is about right. so because this one still is a slasher and isn't playing with the trope it's it is it it's existing especially because of when it came out i think that after fatal games is a good spot for
0: it yep i think that's perfect spot for it actually yeah i mean i was looking right in that area anyways and then when you brought up how fatal games uses like the theme kills and everything um i was like yeah that actually does fit this a little better um all right so that's our new number 66 bloody birthday from 1981 um we have a fun year planned um we're trying to be more organized every, a little bit every year Um, I'm just never organized and B has, is going to have two children. So, you know, like (laughs) we're making do with what we have, but B has created this excellent template for us and has like already pre-selected a lot of movies. So that's going to help a lot of things. We are going to do some bulk recording this year, which is going to help us get stuff out on time for you guys. Um, I'm going to do some side stuff for when B is out, um, so that we'll still have episodes coming out to you. Um, but we are back. So
1: we are back.
0: Thanks. Yeah, thanks for sticking around through the hiatus. Um, you know, if there was any year to be forgiven for things like this, I think 2020 was it and um I'm very comfortable with that because I think 2020 was the year that everyone just realized that it's okay to take a break sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like um like B and I literally just like just didn't worry about it. We weren't stressed about like coming back or anything. We're like the world gets it. No one out there is like wondering, you know, like I mean people are probably like, oh, like I I actually did have a few friends reach out, like, are you guys done? And I was like, no, no, like um, this is before B announced her pregnancy. But I was like, no, we're just like taking a break, you know, like we've both had really hectic years and like you know, we're winding down towards the holidays and we kind of just want to give ourselves time. So
1: and we're lucky in the fact that we're independently produced so we have that luxury to say no like we we do this because even if literally nobody listened to us which was honestly our expectation when we started this podcast was that our friends would check it out but it was just something we wanted to do anyways um even if that was still true and we knew that not one person listen we'd still probably do it um Mm -hmm. we like doing it we enjoy doing this it's it's a project for us um we want to watch all these slasher movies and we want to do it together and Mm -hmm. we've been doing it for most of our friendship and it just got to the point where we're like why don't we record this and document this if not just for ourselves um and i feel extremely thankful that there are hundreds of you listen to us, which seems so Mm -hmm. insane, but like, it's true. And we're we're so appreciative of that. And we're so appreciative of the fact that you allow us to do our thing and be, you know, the little podcast that is here for our passions, just what we want to do. So we just want to make sure that it stays fun for us. And you guys don't want to listen to us talk when we don't want to talk it's not Mm -mm. enjoyable for anybody um so i think we've just realized that when it's not working not necessarily because we don't want to do it but because life is crazy Mm -hmm. and uh we need to be okay with that Mm -hmm. so going into this upcoming season we just wanted to make sure that we had some flexibility and allowances that we can still have episodes because there are people out there listening to us, and we want to make sure that you guys can rely on us and expect on us and have something to look forward to. Fuck, it's going to be an interesting year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. um, if listening to this podcast is a little light for you and, like, makes your day better, like, we want to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, that's yeah, that's just our plan going forward.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I echo everything B said, and also, you know, like, B and I, like, have been friends for 14, going on 15, I don't know, a long time, and, you know, like, we were very, very lucky to spend a large chunk of our friendship in the same city within blocks of each other, and now we don't, and so this is a really, it's an excuse for us to get to hang out, too, because, um, It gets harder guys. If you're out there and you're like in your 20s, trust me, it gets harder to make that time for your friends, like your best friends in the entire world. And like, sometimes you go a couple days without talking to them and you're like, I, I didn't even realize like, (laughs) and that's not like a bad thing. It doesn't affect your friendship. It just gets harder to find time. Mm -hmm. So like, this is a great way for us to be like, we get to spend time together as friends and also talking about something that we both love um so yeah that's why we're here and we're just lucky that you guys get to like we're lucky that we get to bring you along for the ride and we're thankful that you listen so thanks thank you and we are gonna like i said we know we have a plan going forward and we're most likely gonna um break the year up into segments so we're not doing you know um completely bi-weekly or where are we doing weekly -weekly? bi-weekly bi-weekly bi-monthly no, we were, oh, two a month. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, like, bio, I'm like, bi-weekly, wow. <laughs> I don't yeah, think yeah, we that bi- mo- two episodes. No, no, like. no.
0: no two, bi-monthly. But, um, yeah. you know, like, we want to be able to produce that to you, just probably broken up in the chuck, so it probably won't be bi-monthly for 12, you know, months. Um, but also, we have to adapt to our new lives. And, you know, B um, has a baby all the way. Cut her a break, jeez. Oh. <laughs> um but yeah so we don't know what we're picking next um we do have a list that we're picking from we're probably going to pick a couple but once we kind of get things rolling um we'll start throwing out um open suggestions again because we've pulled a couple from you guys that have been really fun mm-hmm. and then we pulled a couple from you guys that have been really interesting uh, <laughs> um but, but we yeah, do we enjoy cover
1: them all at some point
0: yeah we do enjoy opening it up like that so We're glad to be back. We're glad you guys are back. And we're glad that everyone's okay and made it into 2021 successfully. Um, And until next time, keep screaming.
1: Okay, just kidding. We're back. So on the episode this week, we were going over how some of these kills seemed less plausible because they were happening um, from children and that the movie itself lacked in a level of threat because of that reason, because we were not sure that these children would have been capable of these kills. Um, and also, you know, you can just like shove a kid and they fall over. Um, and you know, we talked about a little bit like, Oh, I'll have to ask Ben. And I know on the past I've talked about, uh, asking my husband about certain kills or like logistics of things, because he's like, we call a jack of all trades like he sort of has a wide variety of knowledge about a lot of things especially when it comes to i don't know handy things and mechanical things and all sorts of stuff like that so i got off the podcast uh i brought up the some of the kills and we're like hey like what's the plausibility of this and we went through and watched some of the kills and I thought that would might be fun just to have been on to sort of go over these kills and talk about sort of the plausibility and do a like killbusters kill busters. So a myth busters for our kills uh, in this movie, uh, especially for this one, because holy moly, does it seem unrealistic, but I think you'll be surprised what he has to say. So with that said, um after now three years of the podcast, I've mentioned him at nauseam, um, but we have Ben McKenzie on. Hi, hey, Ben. Hello. <laughs> um, so, do you just want to kind of introduce yourself and say, like, why you kind of know a lot about all of this stuff?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm her husband. My name's Ben. Uh, we grew up in a little country town, so not a lot to do there. Didn't really play a whole lot of video games, mostly just out working on trucks playing in the mud type of stuff so you just learn a few things growing up that way and then also youtube nowadays is a great thing to have because you can learn a lot of things on youtube
1: yeah we only mention that like every other episode how much you watch youtube because yeah. <laughs> i know things from youtube because of you otherwise my ass would know shit about youtube
3: yeah i watch a lot of youtube
1: yeah that's all he does and then movies i force him to watch basically basically Um, Okay, so uh, we've already gone through the kills in depth on the regular episode, so we're just going to start off, and I'm going to name what the kill is, and then uh, Ben's going to talk about how plausible or not plausible it was from our lovely birthday killers. Um, So we start off with our couple in the cemetery, so we have the cemetery boy who was hit in the face with a shovel.
3: Yeah, um, it shows him hitting the face with a shovel a few times, or a couple times, I think. Yeah. Obviously that's plausible. You can definitely get very injured by getting hit in the head with a shovel. By a little kid, obviously a lot less likely, but you never know.
1: Yeah. If it's the right angle, the right part of the head. He had his
3: wheeze that day, whatever you want to (laughs) say.
1: Yeah. Hey, our son is crazy strong for being a two-year-old. Like it's scary how strong he is. So I'm starting to believe a little bit more the strength of children.
3: Yes, he's definitely surprised me a few times. Like,
1: how can he lift that? So, who knows? Um, this is the one that both Ryan and I were like, there's no way. Uh, so, the girl in the cemetery, uh, she is then strangled with a jump rope from our little girl killer.
3: Yeah, again, obviously, getting a rope around your neck is obviously a, definitely a way you can die. But, again, it's, does she have the strength to do it? Um, most likely, most grown people can pull that rope off the Right. Problem.
1: Like if she, if the woman getting killed, like noticed a rope, she would probably have enough strength to put her nails underneath that jump rope and pull down.
3: Most likely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, she could be confused and dazed and you know, not thinking shock correctly in a shock. And you know, there's definitely obviously a so, lot of scenarios that make it plausible,
1: but, but, not likely.
3: but not likely. Yeah.
1: I believe it. Uh, so then we have Sheriff Brody. Um, killed by his own freaking daughter. Uh, So he's beaten to death with the baseball bat. Yeah.
3: That one is probably one of the more realistic ones out of all of those because he does get hit in the head quite a few times by the baseball bat. Um, And even a kid with a baseball bat, I mean, he could do some severe damage by getting hit that many times. Yeah. For sure
1: yeah that one definitely seemed more and because all three of them were there like for the ta- the attack it was like a gang up that one for sure felt like the most like all right like i'd be a little worried if three kids came at me with a baseball bat and just yeah. started waiting. I mean me. whether you
3: die or not you definitely have a severe headache the next day for sure
1: um then we have um miss davis who miss viola davis who is shot in the classroom and obviously we talked about it the gun is the scariest thing with the kids because anybody can grab a gun and kill somebody there's there's no strength behind that what we did doubt was the fact that this kid can hold it up with one hand and easily shoot it i'm like there's no freaking way he wouldn't have severe uh what's it called Pushback.
3: it's called recoil recoil
1: where you know his arms like flying behind them like And then there's a weird part in this, which I don't think we talked about where he's covering it with the jacket. It, it leads us to believe he's doing that to muffle it in the room and then also use the jacket afterwards to sort of hide that he's holding the gun. Um, And yes, there's a bullet hole in it and there's in general holes with that whole idea, but let's talk about the gun itself and if putting a jacket over a gun is of any use.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously this gun gets used a lot in the film. Uh, We can talk about that more realistically, probably in the other parts we're shooting it a lot more. But as far as the jacket goes, um, there's not really any reason to put the jacket over the gun that I can think of anyways, because it definitely wouldn't muffle the sound. Um, the only thing it could potentially do would be hide the fire of the gun if it was a dark room or something mm-hmm. and someone could see it flash through the window, but that's not the case because yeah. that's obviously been a thing in a lot of horror movies where they put a pillow
2: over mm-hmm. the gun and they mm-hmm. shoot
3: it to silence it. And it's been proven over the years that that doesn't silence a gun pretty much totally whatsoever. Busted. Um, so obviously a jacket. Well, in. because
1: even a silencer, is that what they're called? Right?
3: Silencer. Yeah.
1: Um, Like muffles the sound, but it's not like it prevents the gun from being heard it's just less of an explosive sound
3: yeah it's it's just yeah it it makes the sound go it, you know disperses it disperses it in different ways where yeah. um it's not so of a giant bang initially um but it definitely doesn't completely take away from the sound of the gun
1: um so then we go where the gun is used again so we have our couple having sex in the van, our mysterious couple that we assume we were supposed to know more about, or, or maybe not, maybe they just felt like killing some, um, promiscuous teens. Um, so the guy is shot and then he like empties the rest of the clip. into the girl.
3: Yeah. So I think it was like actually three shots. There's one shot in the head for the guy and then I think it was two shots I believe to the girl.
2: No, I think it was Was it more? more I, I
3: don't remember. Yeah. But either way I, it was like a that that part i do, shot. He did very quickly flick the trigger back and shoot it again really fast, which is highly unlikely with how powerful that gun is. Um I do believe it is a 357.
1: Which is typically a a cop's gun back in the 80s, right?
3: Um, um it's just more your typical household
1: like protect, protect yeah
3: if you want a, ha- a good household weapon like that's kind of your all-around good weapon to have laying around kind of thing that's that it's not an effective gun for police nowadays at all a revolver in general is not but it's just a good all-around gun to have in the house for a defensive weapon if you're obviously wanting a defensive
1: yeah weapon, weapon in your house um then we go into the scene our final climax scene and this was my favorite kill of the movie, which I didn't even think about this whatsoever and brought it up. So I'm um, excited to talk about this one. This is where Beverly is shot in the eye by her sister with the bow and arrow.
3: Yeah. So that, this is probably one of the most unrealistic scenes in, in, in the whole movie. to um, even
2: pick
1: up on.
3: Because the bow she uses, um, when she shoots with a little peephole. I believe it was called a recur recurve bow. And those to kill a deer, you basically need about 40 pounds of force. So it's called draw draw weight when you pull the string back on the bow. And you need roughly about 40 pounds of force to kill a deer. Well, like high high-end archery people, they tend to use more like 50-pound bows. And that obviously was not a child's bow because it was bigger than her. Mm-hmm. Um, ch- children's bows are typically between like 10 and 15 pounds of force. And I don't see her pulling that bow
1: back. Right. Pounds. And so explain the whole force thing. That is so a children's bow, the force means how much strength you have to have to pull it back. Exactly. Right?
3: So if, it's, if, if you're shooting a 40 pound bow, you have to have 40 pounds of strength
1: to, to pull, pull it back,
3: that string back to so its full capacity.
1: I don't even know if I could do that.
3: No, it's maybe when I
1: was working out, but not anymore. It's, it's
3: hard. Yeah, um, there's a lot of men that can't do it.
1: Yeah, and we—it's actually when we were rewatching it, I didn't even notice they show her like pulling it back, and you can see that she barely po- pulls the, bull bull. Bow. the bow back. Ball. good lord, the bow back, and is she struggling? Like it's a couple jerky movements, and then she and that's bow. not even
3: close to having it fully
1: right. Extended, so, which is where
3: all the force is at the very end. It's not like if you pull it back a little bit, it still has forty pounds. Of no, power. it's, it's like gonna it's,
1: ba- the bow is barely gonna go, or yeah, the, arrow the arrow is, is barely, barely gonna shoot. fly.
3: And then another part of the scene too is she puts the arrow in the hole first, mm-hmm. and then pulls it back to shoot it. But when you pull the string back, it pulls the arrow back with it, which means we pull it back out of the hole.
1: And and... then she'd have to perfectly aim it through that hole.
3: Exactly. So that that whole scene was definitely the most unrealistic out of the whole movie.
1: Coolest kill, though. So I'm so glad they have it in there. Um, But I definitely didn't think about the fact that that whole scenario, just not plausible whatsoever. Sneaky. Just not plausible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... uh the well do you want to that was our last kill before the other one so did you want to talk about the
3: well i gonna say real quick too just yeah just as a fun fact kind of thing is uh, right before everything else happens uh forget his name but he threw two giant rocks at the window of the house
1: oh yeah one of the boys uh either stephen or curtis i don't remember probably stephen he isn't get to do anything in the movie but
3: yeah, those windows back in the day, mixed with how big that rock is, that rock would have went right through that window. And he threw two big ones, and they both bounced right off, so. Not likely. Not likely.
1: Um, And then, all right, then we have our last kill, um, which is our sort of like final leaving the movie open for a sequel. We have um, our lovely, killer girl who has run off. uh, We are led to believe that she has killed this truck driver by pulling the jack out. So we see her playing with the jack. Um, we see her playing with the jack and then we see the shot, like the scene of them. So, or see the scene of the guy underneath the truck and so we're like, oh, okay she pulled the jack and that's like why he fell. Um, So you wanna talk about
3: that, Kel? Yeah, um, that one is just not unrealistic obviously because a a little girl can definitely loosen a jack to drop a truck onto the guy if if he's working on his truck. That's all realistic. It's just the only unrealistic part that I saw was the fact that the jack that she was using was a typical jack for your average car and not a a semi-type truck. Um, Those jacks typically tend to be around two to five tons where the standard to lift a truck that big you'd want is 10 to 20 tons so it's much smaller than the type of jack it should have been
1: and we assume they picked a smaller jack so that it looked like she could actually do it
3: even that jack especially back in the day jacks have gotten a lot lighter since then but back those jacks were heavy. Like I have a tough time picking mm-hmm. those things up and moving them around.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have quite a few in the garage that I've like lugged around and I basically use my whole body and like drag them. <laughs> yeah. They're so heavy, like so ridiculously heavy and I'll be like, Oh, go get me that jack. I'm like, Oh, okay. Let me try. And then I drag it across the concrete. Um, so those are all our kills. Um, we did just want to kind of go over the gun in general, right? We yeah. A couple more notes about it. Yeah, we just... talk about the recoil a little.
3: Yeah. Just at the end there. Um, a lot of people make fun of movies about, you know, firing a weapon a hundred times and not being able to have that many bullets in the gun, which is true a lot of the time.
1: Well, and that had they have my favorite line in this movie, where they even mention, and uh, it's Timmy, and he says, "You should have learned to count to six, genius," because he runs out of bullets. I'm like, oh my god, that's so good. I love it so much.
2: Well,
3: it's funny because um, at, at the end end scene, when he first pulled the gun on them in the living room. He fired the shot or he fired the gun six times and then he ran out of bullets, which is accurate accurate, uh, because revolver guns like that hold typically hold six shots. But then after that, after he reloads it, then there's the whole chase scene. And he fires it a total of 13 times before oh. it runs out of bullets. Now, granted,
1: we could have, he could have been, he
3: could have been reloading in between shots because yeah. he's behind the wall and there's a little bit of time here and there and we just didn't see we'll it. We'll
1: make the assumption that he reloaded. So it's possible,
3: possible he did reload at some point, um, but the way the shots were fired, it wouldn't have been a full six shot reload. It would have been like three shots. So reload, uh-huh. two shots, reload, something like that. Um, so it is possible, but the first part where he fired six shots was definitely
1: yeah. accurate. And then it just gets a little lost. And you know what? We talked about this too. The movie seems pretty cut and seems like it a lot happened on the editing floor. So it is like, we'll give this one the benefit of the doubt that some things might have gotten taken out or scenes moved around. It also felt like some of the scenes, like we were kind of rewatching. So possibly that's why that happened. But I do like that they play with that especially because they are kids
3: well real quick too one more thing that i noticed um that's a little movie magic type stuff is when he f- first fired the sh- six shots in the beginning um, two of them missed and hit the, the drapes over the window and there are white drapes and when he shot you saw the two bolt holes in them with black around the bolt holes and that's not realistic because it's just a bullet going through it at that point and so it would just be a tear and the drapes, so it wouldn't be like a big black, like, cause that's sure. part that the black comes from the chamber of the gun and all the smoke and powder and everything comes
1: out. So if he would have like had the gun right next to the curtain, probably would have been black.
3: Yeah. So like the part where he puts his gun or his uh, jacket over the gun, his jacket gun would probably look like that or similar to that. But the fact that he was so far away, it was just a bullet going through to that point. It would just be a hole in a curtain. It wouldn't be a big, you know, black, but then that wouldn't look good on film. Right. And so, yeah. they, you know, they wanted to look better, obviously.
1: Yeah, um, and then I think, yeah, big thing I brought up is that that kid would be like have a really hard time shooting that powerful of a gun over and over
3: 100. Um, 357s are very, very powerful guns. Um, they kick back really hard the recoil on them. Uh, you can go on YouTube, speaking to YouTube, and watch a hundred videos all day long of people shooting them for the first time and coming back and hitting them in the nose and breaking their nose, and it'd be very hard for. A kid that size even knowing how to shoot a gun yeah. to be able to fire that fast and accurately without having any issues for sure yeah
1: well there we go um so yeah that's sort of like a little um behind the scenes bringing ben's knowledge into these kills and whether they were plausible or not plausible Um, let us know if you liked this little bonus segment to the episode. Um, We definitely have some movies where the kills are easier to uh, believe or not believe. And it's always fun when we have ones like this, where it's like a variety of kills and knowing if the kills, especially in this case, we mentioned, we don't want to nitpick stuff. That's not fun. Obviously most kills and slashers aren't going to be a hundred percent realistic. You have to have like sort of this air of, disbelief um or suspend disbelief whatever the the phrase is totally get that with this it's very specific to our fear level and of this movie is whether or not these kills are plausible so that's kind of why I thought it was important to do this for this episode um I'm sure we will have more and I would love to have you come and explain it again
2: yeah, definitely you done.
1: <laughs> um okay. Uh so thank you for listening and until then keep screaming.